0: Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa. Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, also available on your Amazon Alexa as a skill. Um, very interesting day out there in the markets, um, and that follows on for a couple of interesting days um, across the asset classes, particularly in equities. Um, we caught up this morning with Colin Campbell um, on the trading floor at SpreadX, and we spoke to him in some detail about these moves um, and what that could mean for the markets going forward and the factors Driving those markets, um, so we're just going to pass you over to uh, a very brief interview that we did earlier on today um, with Connor Campbell of SpreadX. Thank you very much. So today we have Connor Campbell joining us from the Spreadex trading floor, and uh, thank you very much for joining us today, Connor. How are you? I'm oh, very good. Thank
1: you and yourself.
0: Yes, very well. Thank you. Um, So, Connor, we've seen some very interesting moves in equity markets over the last couple of days. Would you be able to just give us some background to those moves?
1: Yeah, well, it all seems to stem from Sunday, another Evan tweet from uh, Donald Trump. He he tweeted claiming that he wanted to this Friday raise uh, tariffs on, I think it's $200 billion worth of Chinese goods from 10% to 25% plus. Potentially including another round of tariffs on uh, further goods as well. Obviously, now this comes at a time when, for weeks and months now, there have been these talks between the U.S. and China. So that sort of intervention by Donald Trump was greeted as a very unwelcome one by the markets and sort of seen as a potential signifier that talks aren't going that well. Since then, I think there have been reports coming out that uh, the U.S. feel like China has gone back on certain uh, trade pledges it's made in the last few weeks, and that seems to have been what's caused such an outburst by Donald Trump and one that's sent the markets tumbling quite sharply. You know, I think the Dow Jones on on Tuesday night, though it rallied a tiny bit from its lows, it still fell like 450 points. And that's coming after sort of a rough Monday for the European stocks. With the FTSE, they also plan catch up on Tuesday because, of course, it was off on Monday thanks to the bank holiday. Uh, it seems to have been that on Wednesday, things have calmed down somewhat. But now they're sort of potentially in limbo. Uh, the China was meant to the Chinese delegates are meant to be going to Washington, I think, on Thursday to continue talks. But that doesn't leave a lot of time for them to avert this potential tariff increase on Friday, given the relationships between the two superpowers do seem to have soured quite significantly in the last few days.
0: OK, perfect. So obviously there's, there's some rumblings coming there from the trade wars. Um, but we're obviously seeing today the FTSE 100s underperform to some extent um, some of its European peers in early trade, and that's very much down to some corporate releases. Um, ITV is one of those that stands out. Uh, Connor, is there any more details on that at all?
1: Yeah, it's interesting that the reaction to ITV's results have been pretty negative. I think initially it was down around two percent, and those losses have now accelerated to around six percent. Largely, I think, because Liberum Then after the first results. Uh, downgraded the stock, uh, saying that it was very disappointed in its first quarter results. Those first quarter results themselves, though, were basically on the money for what IT Bureau were, were expecting. I think advertising revenue for the quarter was down 7%. That was mainly due to a really dramatic 16% drop in March, which of course was meant to be Brexit month. And even though it didn't turn out to be, there was still plenty of anxiety that would have a pot of advertisers from using the ITV services during that month. I think for the half year, it's expecting uh, total advertising revenue to fall 6%, mainly again because it's got the issue of the World Cup, or it, in other words, the lack of a World Cup this year. I think that means that. June's advertising revenue is expected to fall 20% year on year, because it's lacking that sort of flagship sporting event to really drive advertising higher. So like I said, those figures were pretty much as expected. Those were very much what ITB had outlined earlier in the year for what it was expecting from the first quarter. But I think perhaps because, say, Britain didn't leave the EU in March, I think maybe investors and analysts alike were looking for something slightly better than expected. And the fact that... ITV basically didn't deliver that in any way, really dampened the mood around the first quarter results. Also, you've also got uh, a fair amount of uncertainty surrounding Brickbox, its BBC collaboration, that was, I think is expected to cost ITV a fair amount in the next couple of years. I think the figures are something like £25 million in 2019 and then £40 million in 2020. That's not an insignificant amount of expenditure on something that is trying to take on a beer moth in Netflix and has no guarantee of actually succeeding in the way ITV and BBC wanted to. So I think I think more so than anything, these first quarter results, despite being uh, as expected, merely serve to highlight the uphill battle ITV faces. I think combined with, I think ITV Studios' revenue there was only at 1%, which again, Though that was on the money for what the company had forecast, given that that is now going to be the increasing focus for the company as advertising revenue continues to wane, the fact that that wasn't any higher than expected, I think, again, sort of blows confidence in the stock and uh, and it somewhat explains why the the company has fallen like 6% uh,
0: in the aftermath
1: of the earnings
0: so yes, not not a particularly good day there for for i t v and you did mention there uh the possible impact of brexit, and that moves on to uh the next point that we have here, and that is the ongoing or or maybe um, soon to cease talks between the Tories and the Labour party um God, is there any impact on the pound there, and um you know how could that affect markets possibly going forward?
1: Yeah, the pound isn't it in a particularly good way on Wednesday. I think it's down like 0.3% against the dollar, 0.4% against the euro. That does seem to be linked directly to uh, what seems to be increasing slend- the more slender chance of a, of some kind of cross-party compromise actually arising. I think reports seem to suggest that Labour's confidence that they saw trust in the Tories was hurt over the weekend. Due to a series of uh, Sunday paper leaks, suggesting uh, trying to explain what Theresa May might be willing to compromise on. You've also got the Tory Party. Whilst these cross-party talks go on, the Tory Party sort of still trying to oust Theresa May. I think the 1922 Committee uh, is trying to seek further clarification on when the PM intends to step down, which isn't ideally a isn't ideal for the PM when she's trying to negotiate from a position of strength with Labour. It also seems to be there seems to be so much. Um, Party politics surrounding the issue, but it's going to be incredibly kind of difficult for the two sides to come to a palatable compromise. Uh, but, you know, namely some kind of customs union compromise. And so sort of the lack of the, the lack of belief that any deal can be reached now does seem to be causing the pound to reverse the gains that it seen sort of in the aftermath of eastern and especially I think it was last uh, last Friday it saw a big leap on the hopes that some kind of deal would be forthcoming. Theresa May has also set this week as something of a deadline for those talks. Now, obviously, we're at Wednesday. Things were abbreviated by the backcord on Monday, so things have been shuffled. forward. So I guess we are still in the early part of what is an abbreviated week. But there probably will be some kind of sign, be it on Thursday or Friday, or perhaps even later on Wednesday, that or whether or not there is going to be a compromise reach. I think if there isn't, then the pound, the pound did see a fairly sharp rise, uh, as, as May opened up for, from its late April lows. So it has got, especially against the dollar, has got room to continue to fall if if a compromise doesn't arise. I think also because if some kind of agreement isn't produced between uh, between Labour and the Tories, then it opens up this other sort of discussion of what exactly happens next. So of course, we've got the May 23rd elections. That may give some indication uh, as to what the sentiment is in the country as to what they believe is. Uh, what kind of Brexit should happen. I think it does uh, if you remove the if you move the cross party talks off the table, then we're back into this sort of no man's land between now and October thirty first, which is, you know, the, the, the latest Brexit deadline, as to what exactly the government does to try and force Brexit through, be it a second referendum, taking taking the withdrawal agreement back again to government and back again to the parliament, so to try and force it through. I think yeah, I think that's maybe what's playing on the pound's mind at the moment there's just
0: a big question of what next if these talks fail. So, yeah, interesting times ahead, Connor, Um there. So, there are a number of key points to be looking there in the, the next couple of weeks, particularly on the Brexit front. Um, so, Connor, thank you very much for joining us today. Um, and no doubt we'll speak again soon. Uh, thanks very much for having me. Lovely. Thank you very much, Connor. Take thank care. You.
1: Bye.